Hello and welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm delighted to have as our guest today, Scotty Horner, owner of EMP Everything Matters Produce. Scotty has a long history in this business, starting with about 20 years as a produce manager for places including Ahold, Shaz, Big Y, Tritown Foods. Since then, he's been a merchandiser, supervisor, specialist, broker, and not only for produce, but for all fresh foods. And he started his own business actually about the same time I did, believe it or not, August 2021. And if you're not following Scott already on LinkedIn, you should, because he is always sharing photos from the stores he consults with, plus just excellent insight on the ins and outs of the business, growing sales, making things more efficient, all the practical things. And it was actually one of those posts that happily led us to this conversation today. So, mm. Scotty, thanks so much for joining me and welcome yeah. to the podcast. So glad to be here. Thank you so much. We we love produce. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really honored to be. I wanted to be on this for a while. You know, I, I was like, oh, maybe she'll ask me one day. So here I am talking about produce. So we, thank you. We talked about it before. We talked about it before, but I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we're finally making it happen. And. Of course, the uh, the topic that got us over the hump was the ubiquitous topic in produce retail, which of course is labor. And this was top of mind for me because I just finished up my my state of the produce manager report that I think I yeah. sent over to you, Scott. And I saw that right around the same time I was putting that out, you were putting wow. together this excellent video on the topic of labor in produce retail. And so I was curious, what was it that that spurred you to to put that out on that particular day? You know, it's a daily conversation, believe it or not, especially with the retail guys. And, um, you know, I, I've seen this change. Some guys will say 10 years, five years, really in the last 25 years, especially 20 years. Um, I, you know, I left retail in 2017 about, you know, at, at, from being a produce specialist and, and being in the stores and I uh, went into retail, I mean, to wholesale. And um, when I left, I was operating at a three to four percent uh, labor percentage, which is extremely low. Yeah. So you do one hundred thousand dollars, you get three thousand dollars in labor. After you pay me and another guy, there's just nothing left, and then be to the fire. So what's been happening is is we are creating a vacuum within the business itself. There's no bench. Um, I'll give you a great example. Great company, family owned, big Y. I'll, I'll put them right out there. Um, they would always tell you, if you're a part-timer, we want you to aspire or at least want to be or somewhere in the future be a full-timer. If you're a full-timer, we'd like you to be an assistant and so forth. If you're an assistant, you should be able to do an order and inventory. We always had guys on the bench. And what this created was um, it created a feeling of uh, unity. It created um, these areas of growth for guys that were up and coming and Side point, you know, this is misnomer about the retail um, business, especially the grocery business, that guys are in it because they're not educated or they can't do anything else or if there's a lower form there. And it's nothing could be further from the truth. The smartest guys and gals I've met have been in the retail food business, the most creative. But it's created a problem because guys are retiring. Believe it or not, I'm 56 and I would love to live forever and eat. By the way, I got a. Sumo. Yeah, that's my son. I got some other snacks here I was going to bring up. But anyway, yeah, I'm getting off track. But, um, you know, there's no bench. So now what happens? Guys are retiring. And these guys, the guy that trained me, and stop me if, you, if I'm rambling, the guy that trained me, 
in about 1985, 84. His name was Tom Hamilton, no longer with us, of course, because he was probably 65, 64 at the time. Uh, worked for Ahold, which is finest, stop and shop, pick and pay giant. And um, the guy was, a, I thought he was a genius. You know, he um, he would teach you about the business. He would say, Scotty, you can learn how to stack apples or you can understand how to build a schedule, uh, how to take an inventory. What's the difference between margin dollars and margin percentage, how to merchandise. And I was fascinated, still fasc fascinated by this guy. And, and let me make this point real, real quick. He was more than a produce manager. He was kind of a uncle, a father figure that taught me more about being a guy too, about being a human being. So there's an, another element there that's not often discussed. Um, but what's happened is that that's going away. We don't, we don't have time for that anymore. So as that disappears, there's a frustration, not everywhere, not everyone's doing this. So you're a produce manager, you got, you come in at five in the morning, six in the morning, your next guy's in at eight, you gotta do the call, you gotta do an order, you gotta set up greens, you gotta fill up sale items, you gotta empty the cooler, you gotta clean, you gotta make some signs, you gotta help customers, you gotta help the vendors. What's happening? Your second guy comes in, here's a U-boat, no training, just get it on the counter, get it on the counter. Third guy comes in at 12, you're already, you know, and this is what's been happening. And um, it's unfortunate because there's nothing more frustrating for an employee than not know what to do. You know, they're walking in circles and it doesn't create this fun atmosphere, this atmosphere of learning. There's, there's nothing better than teaching someone something and then watching them teach the next person what you taught them their own way, though. You know, be humble enough to say, oh, that's not how I do it exactly. But he's got the right idea or she's got the right idea and maybe they do it better. You know, we're missing that. The independents are still maintaining that, but the, but the bigger guys, the, the equation, I'll end with this, I keep rambling, so I'm sure you got more questions. <laughs> the equation that the less we spend in labor, um, the more margin or the more profits we make, it, it does not work. That is a failure in any business, especially this business, you know? Why do we call it a sumo orange? I bet if you went in most stores and talked to any kid there, they would not be able to tell you why. Because, you know, they haven't been taught. Is it important? Is it the end of the world? No. But hey, ma'am, you know why they call it a sumo orange? Because of the shape, the Japanese culture. And it's got the little knot, like the sumo wrestles. Isn't that cool? Imagine sharing that, right? Small thing, but a big thing. Absolutely. Well, because... We know that that for all the different ways that marketing has expanded and, and exploded the ways you can reach people in the last, I mean, decade plus, right? Word yeah. of health is still so powerful. And it's those details that you come home from the grocery store and you tell your kids that, or you tell your best friend who you're having over for dinner that, or you tell your grandparents that, et cetera, et cetera. And so I I couldn't agree more. Those details, really stories, right? Being able to tell the stories. Oh, yeah behind the food it is so powerful and by the way the retailers who do that best that's creating that connection with the shopper that that loyalty factor that everybody is chasing particularly on the digital side right like that still works in real life that still works on the personal level definitely you know i had another guy and i'll call call him out he's still around gary dezekin a, a fantastic mentor and not much i think a year older than me 
And um, when I went to this company, I thought I, I thought I pretty much knew everything. Nothing, really, after 20 years still. But two of the things the guy, the guy taught me, three things, really. One, he, he'd say, when he first got a new guy, hired him, he'd say, if I'm a shepherd, what's that make you? And the kid would say, the sheep, the sheep. No, he would say, it makes you a shepherd in training. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Yeah. I thought that was such a, a great way to start a relationship. The other thing he'd say is, if you have an idea, tell me. I don't care if it sounds crazy. Give me a million ideas. One of them has to be great. I love that too. And um, the third thing he would say to people is, you know, what's your job title when they're working? Oh, I'm a part-time postcard. No, you're not. You're a sales executive here. That's what you are. You're a sales executive. So everyone had this feeling like, not of importance, but what they had to say counted. And I'm going to give you a Another perfect example, um, guacamole. You know, there's companies that sell it in the container. It's pretty good. I'll, you know, will I buy it? No, not really. But uh, sometimes I will just say that. So I don't step on any toes. But to take a kid and talk about guacamole, find a kid that has a recipe for guacamole and watch him sell or what I was taught to sell, instead of selling the the container of guacamole. I got three or four avocados in your carriage. I have cilantro. I have jalapeno in there. I have your red onion. I have your garlic. Maybe I'll bring you over and show you my favorite olive oil. I got $25 in the cart. Not because I'm a scumbag and trying to take your money, because I'm excited about my guacamole recipe. And then you come back and thank me for it. That's sales. That's training. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're missing. It's personal. And everybody's happy. The company's happy because you put $25 in the carriage. You're happy because you had the best dang guacamole, Scotty's guacamole recipe. And maybe you bring me some. And um, my boss is happy too. And I'm happy because, you know, everybody wins. And the next time you come in, hey, Scott, you got a salsa recipe? Hell yeah, I do. And if I don't have one, I'm getting one. Sorry. So that's, what, yeah, and it's, um, it's frustrating. Yeah. But it's not over yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're right that that's that's exactly the the magic that gets squeezed out when when mostly it's that executive level, right? Is is too aggressive in the pursuit of of those low labor percentages, and those are the things. I mean, my goodness, when you think about the competitive environment today, you're competing against Zoli, you're competing against Walmart, you're competing against the the real big chains, right? You, you got to be different in a way other than the price, obviously. And customer service is such a huge aspect of that. And so setting people up to deliver exceptional customer service, I'll tell you yesterday, Scotty, so it's about, it's about 12 degrees here in the Kansas City area today where I'm Ooh. at. So, uh, so last night I made the run to the grocery store to make sure that I didn't have to go out in it today. And I had a conversation with my husband before I left the house. They said, hey, you know, you you want anything while I'm at the grocery store? He said, no, you got it. Nothing in particular. And then he opens the fridge and said, well, I mean, some food, you know, would be good. And (laughs) all right, I was planning to get food. Anything more specific? Well, I mean, meat would be great. Like, all right, still not super specific. But so I approached the meat department when I get into my (laughs) store and young kid, comes around the counter because it, it was later in the evening. So I honestly wasn't totally sure that the the counter would still be open. Young kid comes out from behind the counter. Hey, what are you looking for? Can I help you find anything? I said, hey, are you guys still open? I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What you looking for? I told him about the conversation with my husband. He says, well, 
all right, well, we got pork chops on sale over here. We got our yeah. Casey strip steaks over here. This is the size. This is the price. You know, we've been moving a lot of these today. I said, all right, sweet. Give me four of these. Give me two yeah. of those. And I actually stopped at the counter on the way out yeah. and wrote a little note at the customer service desk. So I'm like, guys, that's $26 that went in my basket because of this kid and his right. willingness to start a conversation. And that's that's what people don't understand when they're trying to get those those low percentages, right? That is what you miss out on. And multiply that by so many people, so many transactions, so many stores, et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. It's powerful. And, you know, produce, like all food, but produce in particular, because, you know, you got these colors. By the way, this is my favorite apple. This is an opal. But you got these colors, you know, you got these beautiful sense. It's very personal for most people that are buying produce. You want to touch it. You want to see it. And we're losing that element. You know, again, I had a mentor. I never, I was 19 years old. This is 1986. I never, avocado, no one was eating avocados in 1986, not in Connecticut anyway, in Rhode Island, not really. Uh, unless, you know, you're a certain ethnic, uh, had an ethnic background, but he said, anything that you haven't eaten here or tried. And I came from a, a family that had a big garden, you know, so I, I love produce already. I want you to try it. Just, I, I don't want you to sit there and make a salad, but you let me, we're going to eat it. And then you're going to tell me what you think of it. And then you're going to tell me how you could use it. And he made me responsible for it. You know, he gave me this level of responsibility, like, wow, you know, this guy, first of all, this guy believed in me, you know, secondly, I'm going to pass this information on or to eat something. So you can get so excited about it and can't wait to tell a customer you see him by the opal apples and you're like, Hey, those are great. You you know, and then let them try it because someone else let you it's, it's, that's not gone, but it's, it's going away. And and I wanted to address one thing here and I don't want to be too specific, but the computer generated ordering is failing on many levels. It's not a complete failure. Okay, I don't want to point anyone out, but it's it's taken the, the personality out of ordering. And what I see is produce departments and large retailers being run, run like grocery departments. So I'm at a 10 pound potatoes, five pound potatoes, five pound russets. It's empty. I'm just not putting anything there. So you have 12 feet, 12 feet empty because CGO, computer generated ordering doesn't account for shorts necessarily it doesn't account for poor quality or damage quality or a snowstorm coming in when you move this volume and you're out at 12. produce ordering produce in general of course but produce ordering always needs a human element an intelligent man or woman person human being to look at what's going on and to make a judgment call because produce on a on a counter it goes like this it goes like this it goes like this and you'll never know it as a consumer you'll look am i out of one pound carrots yeah but I fill it with two pound carrots. Sign, take the sign down. Am I out of iceberg lettuce? Yeah. But I fill it with uh, romaine hearts or or some hydroponic or something. So you have the commodity represented. You know, that's what produce managers do. That's what good produce guys do. They make sure that the commodity is there. And if it's not there, at least it's cleaned up and I and it's not empty. So you feel good about what you're buying with the produce department. But that's a great example that you gave. And I love hearing those stories, you know, especially with the young guys, you know. Well, and when you mention computer generated ordering or computer assisted ordering, however they refer to it, it's interesting to me because I, I'm sure there's some ways in which that can be used as a tool, but I Absolutely. 
especially as you're talking about building the bench, right? Building the next generation of, of produce managers and building strong assistants and people who aspire to be produce managers. I believe it's important to, to leave room for some leeway, some freedom, some ownership to be able to really manage that department. I, I mentioned earlier the the state of the produce manager report I've been working on. And one of the questions I ask, because I was just curious, right? Because I've, I've talked with folks like yourself is kind of who I've learned from in the business. And so I'd heard this anecdotally a lot, but I just asked folks, you know, how much leeway do you have to make decisions for your department? And the group that had either they can run it like their own business or they have at least, you know, they get to make at least some decisions and creativity is encouraged and things like that. When we looked at how that group, that at least some leeway, when we looked at how they answered, um, how much do you enjoy your job? Would you recommend your job to a friend? How long do you plan to stay at your job? Do you have the resources you need to do your job? Yeah. That group was so much more likely to say yes, score high on all those things than the people who said, well, most of the decisions are made for us. We're basically just told to go execute it. It makes a huge difference in employee experience. Yeah. And and, and I, I know there's research behind this too, but it certainly is intuitive. If your people like working for you, that makes everything better. Everything will come together yeah. if your oh, people I've, like working for you. <laughs> 100%. And, um, you know, I am not a technology guy, but I've been forced to use it. You know, you can look, this is, I'll probably have you written down here, but this is, you know, 2024. This is, this is pretty much, I still put it in, but writing things down puts it here. But, um, you know, I say this to people and they cringe, but it's the absolute truth. Truth. There's really nothing new in the world of produce. Yeah, there's a new orange. There's a better execution or a great execution of what makes a produce department or a grocery store successful. And we're, we're, we're deviating from that. Um, I've worked for companies that, you know, they come up with these new ways. Your example is perfect. Um, demographics and what your customers want dictates what you what you have. I'll never forget, and it's still, it just, it just happened. The produce market right now on strawberries in New York, open market is somewhere between $50 and $70 for a case of eight strawberries. What's a retail do, guy do? You put them out at almost cost and you make your money somewhere else. A poor produce manager will say, Shoot, I'm not, I'm not carrying them that. I'm not carrying strawberries. No substitute for strawberries. You're making a decision for the customer instead of the customer making a decision for you. So the guys, the companies that say to a produce manager, here's the items that are alive or great. Here's the items that we can offer you. You know the demographic. You know, if you can't sell collard greens and they want them on an end to put 12 cases there, it doesn't make sense, right? What I never understood is you you take a produce department that's very average, doing fifty thousand a week, so that's roughly two to three million dollars a year, right? Roughly, or a hundred thousand a week. You're doing five or six million dollars a year. You're running that business, and I don't trust you to tell me where you're going to put the apples. Doesn't make any sense. You're essentially telling the guy that's doing five or six million dollars a year and spending two or three million dollars of your money or more, hopefully less but about, right, at a 40% margin, that he doesn't have the sense to put the product uh, where it's supposed to go. And I'll give you another example. I won't mention the company. This company would bill you as a produce manager at cost. So if, uh, I have another piece of fruit. If bananas, got lots of fruit here. <laughs> I live it. 
telling you, actually. <laughs> so um, if you were ordering bananas and there were $20 a case, I mean, uh, there were 59 cents a pound on your counter, you got billed at 59 cents. And I asked them, I said, why, you, why am I not seeing my margins with what I'm actually paying for it from the warehouse? Well, if we told you peppers were $0.10, cent, $10 a box, you'd have 50 feet of green peppers. I said, really? No good produce manager would do that. So you're negating the, the thought process, the skill, the, the abilities, the creativity of a produce manager or a deli or anyone else to say that you don't trust them. What's that do to a, to a guy? You can't do that. Do you give him the reins and let him run wild? Well, you put some parameters on. You know, if he's getting a little crazy, fine. One of the things that companies used to do years ago is, especially the stores that had you know, 10, 12, 13, 20 stores. If you were a produce manager or a meat manager or a bakery manager, you were not in that store for longer than a year or two, two years max. And the reason is, it's like when you walk into your girlfriend's house or, or your mom's house or something, and she's got this picture there and you said, boy, that picture would look great over there. You know, you know, in your heart it would. But no, that picture has there, been there for 20 years and that's where it still has got dust on it. If you took it down, it'd have the, the, uh, the mark of it, right? <laughs> when you produce manager to another store, it's not that the other guy was wrong. Now you gotta, you know, the couch looks better over here. Let me try it over here. And all of a sudden the guy's looking at it a little differently. We're missing that factor too. You know why? Because we're stretched so thinly. One guy calls out sick. Produce manager is out for a week. God forbid with some some ailment. You got a perishable manager or a store manager trying to do an order and you know, it just spins. So we need that. We need the bench. We need to take um, the um, the quality and the and the art, artistry and the experience that these guys bring and take it seriously and validate it. And these and this is this is not a guy's world. This is a a, um, a human world that that we're living in within the stores. This is great guys, great gals, and and there's a kid I'm going to tell you about real quick. Um, and I'll throw a name out there too. Tim Dobner. Have you, have you seen this kid on LinkedIn? I, I actually have talked with Tim quite a bit. Okay. And there's a kid. I was so impressed with him because this is so rare. This kid calls me up. I don't know, he's late, a young guy. Calls me up and says, how can I be better? What can I do to increase my sales? And this is what I do for a living. I charge people for that information. But a kid like that, that comes to me or, or to, to any of the other, we could drop names all day, right? To any of the other guys who love the business, we love to help those guys, you know, um, because it's so rare and we love it. We see a little bit of ourselves in it too. It's like, oh, I love this, please. You know, if you don't love it, get go do something else. But a kid like that, you know how he is. Oh, yeah. That's what we're looking for. Those are the kids. They're worth millions of dollars in business. Millions. Pay them. Keep them. Yeah. Am I rambling? No, not at all. No, that Scott, that's the exact same thought that I had when I talked with that kid at the meat counter yesterday, I thought yeah. he is worth so much money oh. to this grocery store. So that's why I stopped. I stopped and wrote the little note. I'm like, all right, yeah. I know you guys get notes at customer service when things aren't going well. This was really impressive. I just want to make sure he gets a little credit and surely they already know, but you never know. And I know yeah. that, that stuff sometimes, it, it, it sometimes gets overlooked in the pursuit of all the numbers and and that is something and maybe that's a good topic too scotty is 
how to how to quantify some of that because if if the the labor percentage isn't something that we necessarily want people to chase and try and get that as low as possible what what are the better metrics to to pursue um and and I know it's it's hard to pull out some of these intangibles like we've just described and the difference that these interactions personal interactions make on the training side and on the customer service side so so way too long a preamble to that question but but what no. other metrics do you think people should be looking at well, I think that you're talking about encouraging that type of that type of behavior mm-hmm. exactly what you did you know too many times we see something we don't say something unless it's bad Right. And I just got criticized, by the way, about a post I put up and I didn't put the name of the company, but it was so poor that I had to address it. It's very, very infrequent. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at the other post, there's, you know, it's usually ninety nine point nine. So capitalizing on on a great kid or great employee and telling them yourself, too. I mean, do what you did is above and beyond. It, It doesn't happen. A friend of mine just did a post two days ago for Crochetti's right in Brockton, Mass. Family owned business unbelievable people there and they didn't post exactly what happened because they didn't want to and this is facebook by the way they don't want to go into the whole thing but i will tell you what happened and a a perfect example of what you're talking about right now so this lady has been at crochetti's since her dad since the dad owned it probably 30 years um not a millionaire okay works the register a customer came up that's kind of there frequently shows up short seven dollars what does she do? Now, this isn't, I don't want this to go the wrong way, but she walks around, slides it, takes care of the guy. Guy's, you know, embarrassed, but, you know, thank, thank you so much. One of the owners and a consultant, a friend of mine, saw it happening. Let me tell you, she was not only noted for it, but things, let me just put it this way, things came her way for that. And she was noted and recognized, and they put a big Facebook, I mean, probably four or 500 likes because of that. But, recognizing that and putting someone up, I don't want to say a pedestal, but recognizing that, um, that, that extra effort, man, it's unheard of, you know, it, can we make that the regular, not something like that? That's, you know, we don't want people coming Hey, I'm sure five bucks, you know, that's not going to be good, but recognizing someone that's doing more. Listen, there's plenty of places I go shopping around here. They go run and hide. I'm not talking to anybody about sumo oranges. They're not interested. They get that look on their face. They're suffering. But there's, you know, there's people out there and when they do step up or have a conversation, there was a kid, I'll say it, at Walmart. I was just telling my girl about this. This is unbelievable. This happened last week. I couldn't believe it. It was right before a snowstorm, so I was looking for another brush or whatever. A kid sees me. Hi, sir. How are you today? He's probably in his 20s. How are you doing today? I said, oh, great. Getting ready for the snowstorm? I said, yeah, thanks. Kid circles around. He's at at the door and people are leaving. Hey, sir, have a great day. Thanks for coming in today. I was like, I took the kid aside. I said, hey, man, thank you. I said, you know what? You made my day by doing that. So to answer your question, corporate has to recognize the guys. Management has to recognize the guys. And I'm not saying every time someone says thank you to go nuts, but pointing it out so other people see it, you know, and they get the idea like, hey, a good idea like this. This is a great idea to to step up and be real about it. You know, there's there's sincere people out there that really love people. You know, they love helping people. They enjoy it. It's who they are. And most produce people, it's crazy, but it's true. They're, they're like this. They love to engage and talk about recipes and they love their family. 
I don't know what it is, but it's just the way it is. But that sincerity, we know it. You can smell it. The, the people that are disingenuous, it's even worse. Have a nice day. <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, you know, here you go. You know, get out. It's terrible. But the people that go above and beyond that and the stores that have these people, hold on to those people, pay them, recognize them, embrace them. Um, you know, what's a pizza cost every once in a while? You know, 15, 20 bucks. You know, what's what's a, a couple of tickets out to the movie? Whatever it is, people love that and they love that recognition. Um, but it's few and far between. That's a great question. Yeah, I'd love to see more of that, actually, for sure. Well, and the thing is, too, when we we're talking about word of mouth, not only will you get that from customers when they have those kind of experiences, right? But from employees will talk to their families and their friends about what it's like to work there if you are intentional about that kind of recognition. And and people just, people love to share positive stories, right? I mean, we, we think about... LinkedIn is a pretty positive place for produce in particular, I think, but, you know, lots of social media, not as much the case when there are positive things. I think people love to share. I'm going through a, a situation right now. I had a car accident, got T-bone oh, oh. insurance and the whole thing in the back and forth and the other person, yeah. red light, all these things. And I was so worried about it. And the agent who was handling it, after I sent her something in the morning, okay, this is what the other insurance company, she called me first thing in the morning without me having to call her and says, we've got your back. This is how we're going to go forward. You know, just very supportive, very encouraging above and beyond. And I thought, man, because when I was concerned about it, I was telling my husband, like, I don't know how this is going to go. And he said, don't worry, they're, they're going to take care of us. And I, I had my doubts to be perfectly honest. I was just, I was worried. And I told the lady on the phone, I said, my husband said that you guys were going to take care of us. And let me tell you what, you sure did. And I really, really appreciate it. And yeah. you can bet all my friends and family who hear that story, that's a yeah. part of that story. And, yeah. and that's, that's what, you know, you miss opportunities for that when you when you scoot out all the training and all the customer service and you, you yeah. cut that labor down to the bone. Yeah. Well, that's a great comment because um, sharing that with other people, that's that's a great thing to do. It's easy to, to find what's wrong, find out, find out what's right. I never tell you this story. I think I, we, I talked about this before. Um, this was another mentor of mine. And um, you can see where this is going, right? Another mentor yes. of mine. We went to, to do a competition check. So um, we went to a store. He dropped me off. He goes, I want you to go in here by yourself. Come out and tell me what you think. I said, okay. So I'm hot shot, young guy. I come in. This is wrong. This is all. They're missing signs. And I'm finding everything wrong because that's what I thought he wanted. I get back in the car. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure have seen the greens. This was wilted. This was, was wild. There's a lot wrong in there, huh? I was like, yeah, there's nothing compared to us. He goes, good. Walk here. You know what? Back in there. And find everything right and find everything you're not doing and steal it and make it yours. Steal it. I was like, I, I was embarrassed, but I walked in there like I was walking to another store. Oh, they put the pineapples over here. The plums are, this is over here. They merchandise that. That's cool. Now I'm writing stuff down. I'm in there for twice as long. He comes like, so what'd you think? And I'm, I was excited. He goes, that's how you look at your competition. Don't, it's easy to find things wrong. Find things right keep them and use them and beat them. And he, and that kind of thinking 
is great. And that's what you want your employees to have too. Yeah, you want them to be critical and, and look at stuff, but being optimistic. If you have one person in your department, there's five people there and they are negative and they're not getting disciplined. The guy shows, this guy shows up at eight, this guy shows up at eight, 10, he never gets written up. You destroy your good people. You know, you destroy them because they're there on time. And why is this guy get it? It's just, you got to weed those guys out. That's the ugly side of labor, I guess. But you have to be able to discipline. Throwing money and, and the guys that are from corporate, the bean counters will argue, well, listen, we spent this much money on labor and we didn't make any more. Well, then the training was wrong and the program was wrong. Um, if the student hasn't learned, the teacher hasn't taught. That's another good one, right? So... Once you get into that zone, you have people that love to train, that like to teach, that enjoy it. All of a sudden, a guy that takes him 15 minutes to do romaine because he's trimming the butt and then he pulls the leaves off and then he puts it in the water. Then he, he's missing all these steps and you say, hey, man, try it this way. Now he's doing it in five minutes like we should. Three to five minutes in case of the romaine. That's fast, by the way. Oh, yeah. But now... <laughs> Instead of 15 minutes, it takes them five minutes. I would just, you want to talk about saving labor, efficiency. Now a produce manager can do his job, do the call, delegate, do the hands-on merchandise and stuff, and do a really good order. We should talk about that next, you know, orders. But do a really smart order for what he needs. Nothing worse than being a produce manager and you're running around, you don't even go to the bathroom or have a cup of coffee. Then the order's got to be in at 11 and it's... Mm -hmm. 1045. What's that order going to look like? Yeah. Yeah. Rush, rushing the most important part of your day at that point, right? Because that sets you up for tomorrow. And what's the shrink going to be if you're not getting a ride or are you going to miss sales because you're not getting enough and all those things? <laughs> exactly. Round and round you go. Mm -hmm. Very difficult, mm -hmm. but it can be overcome with a little bit of help. Well, Scotty, I know we're over time already because Dang. I'm looking at my list here and I'm thinking, okay, you know, biggest education gaps. We got, we got all these. Do you have a few more minutes? Sure. Okay. If you don't, it's honestly fine. We can always Absolutely. come back and do a part two. Go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> what else you got for me? So, um, again, kind of thinking about just a few of the different areas that I asked folks about on, on that produce manager report. I was curious what people wanted more training on, right? And what was really interesting to me, you've talked about all the mentors that have been so influential to you over the years. Leadership and management was was one of the things that that people wanted more training on because, you know, we think about all the the technical details of of the job, right? The the ordering the business side, the merchandising and artistry, but you're also dealing with people and if you haven't been trained in that, that can that's not always simple. <laughs> Right. Well, how long does it take to start to understand the produce business? Minimum one year just to start. Oh, it's just stacking apples. We're talking about four seasons, full circle. You know, summer down it's it's summer down in, in, in Chile and in South America. Those fruits are coming up. Do you understand what's happening? Do you understand that grapes have ended and people that are offering deals, we can get in the whole wholesale under this, which is a whole nother ball. You know? But the guys that are pushing California grapes, they've been sitting in the warehouse and they got to dump them. The Chilean stuff is coming up. The South American stuff's coming up. It's 45. So, you know, now it's peaches, plums, nectarines, stone fruits popping from South America. Oranges are really coming in. The small stuff is short. So you don't, you don't even know what's coming next. Uh, you know, as a kid, you think, oh, well, apples is fall. But you don't understand 
why or what happened. So where, where are Macs coming from now and why are they only in the Northeast? And why is that? Why does a McAllen seem to be the last apple or the first apple to be non-existent because of the sugar content It dies in the box? The apple eats itself. All this stuff, you know, little stuff. I'll tell you briefly how I, how I kind of learned the business. And again, I had a great mentor and, and ordering and that stuff. Um, it took me a year that you start out with hardware, potatoes, onions, carrots, you know, and rotating that. I got a quick story. I should tell you about that. Very quick. Go for it. My produce manager told me, and I always work nights my, when I first started out, 12 to 9.30, 12.39, something like that. He said, Scotty, here's, you know, here's the hardware, potatoes, onions, 10 pounders. He goes, you make sure you rotate. If you don't rotate, I'm going to know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm 15, 16. I know everything. 10 pound bag potatoes, same, same brand right on top. Pile them up and load them up nice. Comes in the next day. Scotty, did you, uh, did you rotate? I'm like, I lied. Yeah, I rotated. He goes, look down at the bottom of those 10 pound bags. Do you see those tiny little X's in the corner? Like, yeah. He goes, I put those X's. Tell me, if you rotated, why those X's on the bottom of that pile? If you rotated that, I was done. He goes, good. Now take every one of those bags out and you're going to rotate them. And don't you ever lie to me again. And don't you ever not rotate again. Do you understand? I never, ever happened again. And then he took me aside, put his arm around me. He goes, listen, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings or embarrass you. You made some mistakes here. And I understood why you lied. You were embarrassed. You got caught. The reason we rotate is bump, 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 bump. You're getting paid by the hour. Dun, 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 dun. So I want you to do it like that. You have to. You understand? And I was, you know, devastated, you know? Okay. And when I trained the next guy, I told him about the post I said, listen, don't, he'll catch you. And by the way, why we do it. Yeah. Onions to the dry stuff, uh, um, you know, we used to do raisins and popcorn and all that stuff, then to hard fruit and then to softer fruit and then the coveted vegetable wall and then the holy grail greens. But I had to prove myself because that took real skill to be able to do a great 40 foot wet wall and make it look good, you know? So, that's kind of the kind of thing that people don't understand that that kind of investment. And you can say, well, the kid's going back to college anyway. So oh, who cares? Okay, fine. Great. But that kid comes back every summer. Um, so I guess, you know, to answer your question, it just takes time. And um, going back to the ordering, this guy took, gave me a six foot section, 12 foot section of raisins, tore out the piece of the order guide and said, this is yours. Here's your margins. Here's your cost. Here's what we're selling it for. Uh-oh. Yep, I'm here. Batteries, my battery's going dead. Nope. <laughs> I just got the two-minute warning. All right. So anyway, he gave me the section. What did I do? I ordered 50 cases of, of raisins or something because the price is so low. Know what the guy told me? What? Got now you have to deal with it. Put it in the cereal aisle, get a better price, push them out to customers, cross-merchandise it, move the product. It, it didn't hurt anyone really, but except for holding inventory. But the only way to learn is by doing it and making mistakes and um, and not lying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these are tough. These are tough guys, Ash. These guys, yeah. you know, bring you in the cooler and you know, <laughs> hey, you know, but then show you love and treat you, you know, 
teach you how to be a, a human being, a, a man too, you know? And that's what I love about the business. So I'm sorry if I rambled. I talk a lot. No, no, Scotty, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> I could keep you here all day. I know we've already run late, so I apologize, but it has been a blast getting to talk produce with you, share some awesome. stories. Um, I think that's the that's probably the power of this business when it when it comes right down to it. You share stories yeah. and directions. But uh yeah. Really enjoy get getting to chat with you. Glad yeah. we got uh, as you mentioned, not completely face to face, but face to screen to screen to face. More Comment. than just the, the LinkedIn feed. <laughs> Thank but, you so uh, much. Honor to be on your podcast, and I watch your I watch everyone, and I'm really proud of what you're doing out there. You're, it really means a lot to us guys out here that are that are doing it, and uh, we need more of it. You know, because it's important. This stuff's important. You can't eat too much fruit and vegetables. You can't. Am That's I right? True. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate it, Scotty. It's it's been just just a treat. So I'll leave you that. Thank you again. Thanks to our listeners as well. And I always tell folks if you're learning from or otherwise enjoying the podcast, please do rate and review. That helps me keep it going. Bring on wonderful folks like Scotty here to to share expertise in the wonderful world of produce retail. So with that, we'll wrap it up and see everybody next week on the Produce Retail Podcast. <laughs>